Heavenly Father, we do not deserve to hear your voice this morning in your word because we are rebels against you. We have rebelled against you countless times, so many times in our lives. Lord, but you are a God of mercy and you speak to us and you share with us the way of eternal life and you share with us the way to persevere in the faith. Lord, we pray that you may help us as we look at your word this morning to understand what it says for us, what counsel, what advice it gives to us so that we can be more like your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, do you know what it means to share? That's one of my son's, uh, our three-year-old son's favourite words at the moment, is share. But I don't think he's quite grasped the concept of sharing because he loves to say the word share, but it's to do with when other people should be sharing with him. He loves to tell his sister share. He doesn't like to hear the word share said to him, that he is meant to share his possessions, his food, with those people around him. He loves to say share, share, share all the time, but not to actually hear the word share. Sharing is something that we come to understand from a young age, that we are people who need to share things with others. And this morning we're going to look at the subject of sharing, and particularly sharing in Christ. We've been slowly working through Hebrews, and we've come to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14, where it speaks about sharing in the Lord Jesus Christ. We read in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 3 on page 1186, We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. So we come to this morning this subject of sharing in Jesus Christ. How did we get to this point? Well, as we've slowly been working through Hebrews, uh, we firstly saw way back uh, when I first began this series that Jesus is, of course, superior to the angels, and then he was superior to even Moses, so we looked at in chapter 3. And then in chapter 3, in the last few sermons, we've been looking at what we can learn from the Israelites and their behaviour in the desert. And so back in chapter 3, verse 7, we firstly saw that the problem with the Israelites is that they had hard hearts. And particularly they rebelled against God by grumbling. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, we see, So as the Holy Spirit says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. And then uh, we saw that this rebellion that they had, these Israelites, made God very angry. Uh, Verse 10 says, That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, Their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So we saw these Israelites were grumbling, were rebels, hard-hearted, and God was angry as a result. And then we saw in verse 12 that the root problem with these Israelites was unbelief. They had unbelieving hearts. We read in verse 12, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God like those Israelites did. And then last week we saw in verse 13 that one of the ways to tackle unbelief is to have others tackle the unbelief in your heart and you encourage others to not have unbelief as well. In verse 13 it says, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And so then this morning the subject of sharing in Christ comes up in verse 14. But what does it mean to share in Christ? 
What does he mean when he says we have come to share in Christ? What does it mean to be a partaker in Christ, a sharer in Christ? And that's my first main point this morning. I want to look at what does it mean to share in Christ. And so my first main point is sharing in Christ. If you've got a church bulletin there, you can see my main points there on the back. And the first one this morning is sharing in Christ. What does it mean to share in Christ? Well, to share in Christ is to have all those blessings that come of being a Christian. To share in the many blessings that come of being a Christian. And one of the biggest things that you share in as a Christian with Christ is his death and resurrection. Romans 6, 8 says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We died with Christ, we live with him, Romans tells us. And that is what it means to share in Christ. It means we share in his death and we also share in his resurrection. We have eternal life as Jesus has eternal life, as he has been raised from the dead. But it also means if we share in Christ, we share in his sufferings. Romans 8.17 says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if we indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So it sounds wonderful to share in eternal life, but part of being a sharer in Christ is we share in suffering. People will persecute you for being a Christian. And so part of sharing in Christ, we have to remember, is to share in his sufferings. But that same verse also says we share in his glory. Romans 8.17, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. We share in the glory of Jesus Christ. We have honour and praise attributed to us by God the Father. And we share in the glory that it will be to be in heaven. We are heirs of this fabulous inheritance, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We are sharers with Jesus in that glory. And we also share in him as his body. Ephesians 5.30 says, For we are members of his body. We are sharers in Jesus' body. It's wonderful truths of being a sharer in Jesus Christ. We share in all these glorious things, and particularly the glory of Christ himself. It's a wonderful thing to be a sharer in Jesus Christ. So how do you get to share in Jesus Christ? The author here tells us we have come to share in Christ. How do we get to share in Jesus Christ? Well, that brings me to my second main point this morning. Sharing in Christ by the confidence you first had. Sharing in Christ by the confidence you first had. To know that you have come to share in Christ requires you then to have the confidence you first had. What is this confidence that we have first had, that it talks about here in verse 14? We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. What is this confidence? Well, the Greek word that's translated here, confidence, in the NIV is a little tricky to translate. Other translations could be uh, ground, a basis, conviction, assurance, reality, the reality you had at first, the ground you had at first, the basis you had at first, the conviction you had at first, the assurance you had at first. Basically, it's the idea of resting on a stable foundation, that foundation that you had at first. So what is that? What is that confidence, that foundation, that reality we had at first? Well, it must be faith, belief, trust. 
at one word that we translate as faith, belief and trust. That must be this confidence that we had at first. Why? Because that is what we do at first as a Christian. When we become a Christian, what is the first thing we do? We trust in Jesus Christ. We trust him. And so that is what he has to be talking about here. We've come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the faith, the confidence we had at first. And that fits with the passage as well that it's a subject of, of uh, this uh, verse. That's the confidence that we had. It has to be faith because that's what the author has been telling us again and again, that we need to have faith. He's told us not to have an unbelieving heart back in verse uh, 12. And later on, when we get there, verse 19, it says, so we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. The Israelites' problem was unbelief. And so it makes sense that we need to hang on to that faith, that we need that confidence. That is the way we share in Christ, is by having faith. But we've got to remember to be careful about what we have that faith in. What is that faith that we had when we first believed? What did we believe in? Many people love this idea that all that matters is that you have faith. It doesn't matter what the faith is in, as long as you have faith. I had a colleague when I was studying at university, um, when I was teaching there, that she, said, she used to go to these conferences that were sea of faith. And so there were Jews there, there were Muslims there, there were Buddhists there, there were Hindus there, there were Christians there. It was sea of faith. It was all about having faith. And Prince Charles, who will one day get the throne, uh, well, we'll see, uh, but he has said that when he gets the throne of England, he will call himself the defender of faith. The title has been given uh, way back with Henry VIII to the, the monarch of England, the defender of the faith, And he wants to take the word the out and say, I'm the defender of faith. It doesn't matter whether you're Muslim, it doesn't matter whether you're Christian, as long as you have faith. I'm the defender of faith. Faith is what is important. Is that what this author is saying here of Hebrews? That it just matters that you had faith at first and you hold on to that? No. The faith you had at first was in a particular person. The faith you had at first was in Jesus Christ. We read in 1 Peter 2, 6, where he quotes Isaiah, he says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. It doesn't say the one who trusts will never be put to shame. It's the one who trusts in him, that cornerstone, and that cornerstone is Jesus Christ. What do you trust in about Jesus Christ? Well, you trust in his death for you. That at the cross, he was taking the punishment that you deserved for your sins. And so instead of you being punished eternally for your sin, instead you go free. That is the trust, the faith, the belief, the confidence that you had at first. And that is what makes you a partaker in Jesus Christ, a sharer in Christ, is by having that trust in Jesus for your salvation. That is one of the essentials of Christianity, is having faith in Jesus Christ. 
And if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I want to encourage you to consider the offer that God makes to you. That if you believe in Jesus Christ, your sins are washed away. The guilt is removed. The punishment that you deserved is taken by Jesus Christ at the cross. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to evangelize the world. You don't have to give a million dollars to the church. All you have to do is simply trust that it is so. And then you become a sharer in Jesus Christ with all the blessings that it means to be a sharer in Jesus Christ, that you died with him, that you have been raised with him, you have eternal life now, that you share in his glory. All those blessings become yours. And I encourage you, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, that you do it now, that you trust that he died for you this morning. So to know that you have come to share in Christ, you must have the confidence you had at first, faith in Christ. And if you're a Christian and you're here this morning, why do you then need to be told by this author of Hebrews about having that confidence? If you've already got it, which it makes it sound like, that's what he's saying to these brothers, we have come to share in Christ, then what's the point of him reminding you about it? about having faith in Jesus Christ? Well, it's because you need to hold on to that faith in Christ firmly. And that's my third main point this morning. Sharing in Christ by holding firmly the confidence you first had. And that's what we read in verse 14. He says, We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. We need to hold on to that faith that we had when we first became Christians. Why is that? Because people all too often profess faith in Jesus Christ, but then abandon faith in him later on in life. They may do it publicly. One day they profess that Jesus Christ died for them. The next day they say, I'm no longer a Christian. I do not believe that Jesus died for me. And they tell their friends, they tell their family, they tell their church, I am no longer a Christian. I do not have that confidence that I had at first. But there's also the problem of subtly losing this confidence you had at first as well. Stopping believing in Jesus Christ gradually. Many Christians start to slowly abandon that faith. Many people who profess Christianity start to slowly move away from trusting in Jesus Christ. That the reason they are partakers in Christ, the reason they share in Christ, starts to become something else. And this is easy for people who profess Christianity to do, particularly when it comes to morality. They start to take a moral high ground. They start to see their lives and what they're doing in their lives and they start to trust in their good works and think that that is the reason that they share in Christ. That is the reason they will be glorified in heaven is because they are such wonderful people that they've stopped many of the sins that they used to do. They don't swear, they don't get drunk, they don't commit adultery, they don't steal and they start to believe that the good things they do, the positive things that they do also make them a sharer in Christ that they're generous to the poor, they tell people about Jesus, they read their Bibles, they pray. 
And so, of course, they're a sharer in Christ because of those things. And so their trust in Jesus starts to move to trust in their good works. And they think the reason they share in Christ is because they're such a good person. And it's no longer about trusting in the only good person, but trusting in themselves. But if you start moving to that moral high ground and thinking that your good works or something else is what makes you a sharer in Christ, well then you were never a believer. You are not a sharer in Christ. It says in verse 14, We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. The true believers in Jesus Christ continue on believing in him. When you start to move away, it shows that what you professed in the past was not genuine. That that faith that you professed, it would have stayed faith in Jesus Christ. Because... Those who really are sharers in Christ hold it till the end. A believer in Christ stays a believer in Christ for the rest of their life. And so I want you, if you call yourself a Christian, you're here this morning, I want you to examine your own life right now. If you were to die tonight and God was to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you say? What would you say? Would you say it's because I was such a good Christian that you should let me into your heaven? I did lots of good works. I was a member of a Baptist church, not a Presbyterian church, a Baptist church. I was maybe an elder in a church. I was generous to the poor. I served on the church rosters. I cleaned the church many times, Lord, in my lifetime. That is why you should let me into your heaven. Or maybe it's something else altogether. If that is you, then you need to go back to basics. Back to the beginning. And repent of trusting in something that is not Christ and his death for you. Repent of that and start believing that the only reason you get into heaven is because of Jesus and his work at the cross. And if you're a member of the church and you've just examined your heart and found that you're trusting in something else, I want you to speak to me afterwards. It's a serious thing. I want to work through that with you. Because if you're looking back into your heart now and seeing that there is something other than Jesus Christ as a trust for you, then there's a serious problem there. But if you've answered yes, that you look into your heart and you see that Jesus is still the reason, the foundation of your faith, that the reason you will answer God, that what you will answer God if he asks you tonight, why should I let you into my heaven, will be Jesus Christ, his death for me. Then what can you do to make sure that you hold firmly, as this author tells you to, hold firmly onto that confidence? What can you do? Well, regularly assess in your own heart why it is that you're a Christian, why it is that you share in Jesus Christ, why it is you look forward to glory with him, to reigning with him. Look at whether it may be that you think you're a pretty good Christian and that's why you look forward 
to glory with him. You have to keep coming back in as you look at yourself and say, if you're tempted to think that because you're a good Christian, you're going to heaven, and say, my righteousness are as filthy rags as Isaiah 46 says. 64, I should say. Again and again, you've got to go to those good works that you often want to start trusting in and say, there is filthy rags. You also have to keep reminding yourself of the gospel, that faith alone is what saves you. Remembering that that confidence that you had in the beginning is the only thing that saves you. That a person who has been 50 years a Christian and done marvellous things for the Lord, many, many good works, has no greater claim on Jesus Christ than a five-year-old who trusted yesterday. That that faith in Jesus Christ is the only thing that gets you in. You have no greater claim than the five-year-old who trusted yesterday. It's a bit humbling to think that that's the case. But it's true. You have to keep going back to what does he say? To that confidence you had at first. That is the only thing that saves you. And you need to remind yourself of that again and again. The only reason I'm going to heaven is because of my faith in Jesus Christ and his death for me. And then another thing that you can do to hold firmly onto it is, of course, to pray. Faith is a gift, and it is a gift from God. And so you need to thank God that you have that faith, that confidence that you had at first when you first became a Christian, and you need to ask him to preserve you, protect you, and to increase your faith. Beg him that each day you will be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ until the end, he says there. Till the end, either that Jesus comes back or you die. Ask him again and again each day, Lord, protect me, preserve my faith. May it always be that I trust in Jesus Christ. And God, in his mercy, has given us many wonderful promises that he will indeed protect those who are true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in perseverance of the saints, that no one snatches anyone out of the Father's hand and no one snatches anyone out of the Son's hand, John tells, tells us. We've got to persevere in the faith through God protecting us and preserving us. He preserves the saints. I want to close this morning then by telling you that this is of vital importance for me and for you. This message that is here in verse 14 is so important for all Christians to observe because sharing in Christ is, of course, the most important thing that you can do in all of your life. There is no more important thing that you can do than Come to share in Jesus Christ because of that is of eternal value. Anything else you do in this world, it's of little value, burnt up. But what you do in Christ, if you share in Christ, is of eternal value. And so this is of great importance and this means that you must hold on to the faith in Christ as the most important thing you can do. So many people, I have seen in even my short lifetime in comparison to others. I've seen people who profess faith in Christ 
and have then turned around and no longer professed him. And it's a sad thing because this verse tells us that they are damned for no longer having that confidence that they had at first. He says we have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. They have not come to share in Christ because they have not held firmly onto that confidence they had at first. And it's a sad thing. And so my hope and prayer is that I will see all of you who profess faith in Christ right now as members of Dremoyne Baptist continue to do so until either you die, I die, or Jesus comes back. That is one of my great goals of being your pastor, is to make sure that this comes true for each and every one of you, that you all hold firmly till the end the confidence that you had at first. I don't want to see members of Dremoyne Baptist Church falling away, not holding that confidence. I don't want to have to stand before God and give an account, as I will, as a leader of the church, as to why certain people in Des Moines Baptist fell away. I want you to keep on trusting in Jesus Christ. I pray regularly that this won't happen, that you all persevere in the faith. But I want you also to recognise your own responsibility. I have a responsibility, and the other elders do of this church, to make sure that you... Hold firmly till the end the confidence you had at first, but I want you also to recognise your own responsibility and to work at every day reminding yourself that you're a believer, you're a sharer in Jesus Christ because you believe that Jesus Christ died for you. Are you willing to do that? Remind yourself each day of the glorious gospel that we have in Jesus. Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you have revealed your wonderful gospel to us, that if we believe that Jesus Christ died for us, we become sharers in him. We share in his death, we share in his resurrection, we share in his glory, and we become members of his body. We have saints around us, brothers and sisters in Christ, who we are united with. Lord, it is so wonderful to know that we share in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that we may indeed be sharers in Jesus because we hold firmly till the end the confidence that we had at first, that faith in Jesus. Lord, we have seen so many people that we considered brothers and sisters fall away, no longer profess faith in Jesus. Lord, we pray that each and every member of Dremoyne Baptist Church may not be like them, but they may examine themselves regularly to see what it is they're trusting in. And if they realise that they're trusting in something else, may they repent quickly and put their trust back in Jesus. And may they remind themselves regularly of the gospel, that that is what saves them. And Lord... May each of the members of Des Moines Baptist pray regularly that you will preserve them, 
that they will persevere by your strength in the confidence they had at first till the end. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.